if I could title this episode anything, it would probably be a big fat confessional from Katie. (laughs) Because this is going to be kind of just that. I feel like I'm going to be pretty exposed in this episode in a lot of different ways. But I think it's a really healthy thing. This is something that Elisha and I are processing through currently and hopefully you guys can witness firsthand us growing through this we're going through some growing pains right now but that's the beauty of marriage that's the beauty of God's faithfulness to us is that he is uh, so faithful to chasten us and to draw us to himself and I'm so thankful for Elisha's patience in my life and in our marriage and just with our family And I just hope that you guys, if you feel that you are in a place where your roles are out of balance or something just isn't working in your family, that this encourages you in some way. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. I legitimately cannot believe I am on a video recorded podcast right now because I don't know, Katie, like, I don't know if I ever would have been caught dead on a podcast with this giant sore on my face. If you're noticing I'm talking weird or enunciating strangely, it's because I can't really open up my lips that much or all these cold sores would just like crack in half. And I also have cold sores on the inside of my mouth. And, but Elisha's like, no, 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 you need to get on the video. You need to get on the video. <laughs> well, I thought that, re- re- you know, regardless of how you looked, the topic of this, uh, this week's episode, it, it would be fitting to kind of like, it's a part of the story. What, it's show no, and tell? Elisha's <laughs> like, here's my well, life. <laughs> on some level it is because you're, the, the cold sores are a part of this week's story and what, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. It's, I do know what you're, you're gonna, saying, but I feel like putting you in a hard place explaining this because I feel like I'm in a hard place. <laughs> yeah, you wanted it to be in even the video. playing field here. Yeah, okay. Um, so we're going to be talking about roles today. Elisha did an amazing job taking over the podcast last week because I was sick in bed yep. with mastitis, and I thought that I was pretty integral to a lot of things that it turns out I wasn't because Elisha ran the show for like four days. No, I mean, if you ask our listeners, if you ask anybody, they will tell you, you are integral in the everything in this podcast and everything that we do. The last thing they want is for, is for me to be the podcast host by myself. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But anyways, I, I was really encouraged last week. If you guys haven't listened to the last week's episode where Elisha shared on resenting fatherhood, I would go listen to that because I was just really, really encouraged. It was also super challenging to me 
because I feel like a lot of the decisions that I had made or maybe that we had been making as a couple kind of by default put us in a position where Elisha was resenting fatherhood Hmm. or maybe struggling somewhat with that. Would you well, perhaps, say and, so or no? Uh, you know, it's funny because I'm just kind of peeking over at your notes and then also based off of your introduction, uh, I feel like it's funny how you've taken a lot of the responsibility for how our roles kind of got wonky, but ultimately the responsibility falls on me. Like that's the whole point, I think, of of me being leader of our home and of being the head of our home is that the buck does stop with me. And you can say, or because I, I, mean, I don't want to start putting words in your mouth preemptively here, but I do want to acknowledge that the man is the leader and that passivity in regards to men is obviously rampant in our society. And it certainly made its way into our home and into my heart and into my behavior. I became very passive. And so a lot of the, 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 the dilemmas we found ourselves in could have been prevented upstream a long ways if I I had been more assertive and stepped into my God-given role and owned it based off of what God said about me versus how I felt my abilities prepared me or equipped me for the role. Well, I think it's obviously awesome that you say those things, but I, I think back even to like Adam and Eve, like as you're saying this, the very first play out of kind of roles and a issue or a sin issue. And it's like, God did hold Adam completely responsible for that. But Eve had so much influence over the decision Hmm. that happened. And I kind of feel like I was in a place, and I think that this is very common, where maybe men are more passive in our culture than they have been. Just Mm -hmm. that's encouraged culturally. Mm -hmm. But women are encouraged to be more domineering. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't giving Elisha space to breathe. (laughs) And we're going to get into that um, as we go throughout this podcast or even the space to lead. Like you could have fought your way out, but you were going to have to like do that. Sure. Yeah. It came, it came to a head and it was going to do it on some level that it was going to have to be this kind of brutal transition. I feel like <laughs> yeah. where we were going to have to acknowledge how wonky our systems were and where we were putting our time and, and all that stuff. And unfortunately we had, we were forced to address it because of your health deteriorating so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish we could have been a lot more proactive, you know, and, and addressed it prior to, to it coming to that. Um, but here we are, we're addressing it. Yeah, exactly. The Lord's so faithful. So we thought maybe we would go through like the husband's role real quick before we dive into the wife's role, because I feel like personally, most people don't take issue with the husband side of things. Mm. It's typically with how the Bible speaks about a wife's role. Mm. And I think that a wife's role is made very easy when the husband is walking in his God-given role. And Elisha has walked in his God-given role. It's been very easy for me to love you and do so many things that a wife is called to do that we're going to touch on. Um, So this is, I guess, anything that we're talking about as it relates to a wife is with a loving husband in mind. God created both of these pieces to function in harmony, Hmm. both roles to function in harmony and to support each other. And like in his mind, this was the best way for this to play out. 
with each one of us walking in our God-given roles. And I think it's really easy when we don't want to walk in our God-given role to be like, well, what if it was like an abusive situation? Then Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do this as a wife. And it's like, well, no, that's an exception to the rule. That's the abusive situation is not what God intended. Mm -hmm. So therefore there's a deviation there that occurs. But let's, would you mind going over some of these verses or sharing also what you had to say? Yeah. Just just so you guys know, I'm kind of like taking the lead a little bit. in this podcast uh, ironic <laughs> ironically because i'm talking about how i'm going to not i haven't been taking the lead so much in our home but because this is a little bit more my story hmm. yeah. we thought that that would be most beneficial yeah and i think i'm going to be sharing less from like a biblical and theological standpoint and more just kind of where my mindset was and where it, it, where it's been hopefully growing towards um in regards to leading our home and some traps I've fallen into and some shortcomings that I've seen in the recent, in my recent thinking. Um, however, there are Bible verses directed towards husbands and I'm just going to read like the most famous ones of all time, but yet they, they don't become, uh, they, they can't become redundant, you know? And so Ephesians 5, 25 husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as christ does the church because we are members of his body uh I think people get like tripped out or tripped up. People trip out. (laughs) They trip somehow. Yeah. With, you know, verse 22, because that's just the order of how it goes. Verse 22 is the famous wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. But if, if I'm speaking to myself that this is what, who it's addressed to, you know, I'm speaking to the one addressed to husbands here, husband. Oh, that's me. Okay. Yeah. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's like, okay, well that's, that's the one I really need to cling on to. All of God's word is, you know, I'm not saying we're, I'm going to approach this from like a, whatever, as an eisegesis standpoint, you know, where I like eisegesis versus exegesis. I think eisegesis is you like go to God's word and you look at it through your own lens and you interpret it in the way that, is like most applicable to you and how you want to interpret it. And like you would hear somebody, it'd be like eisegesis, like when you're in a Bible study for somebody to like read a verse, then it'd be like, okay, well, what does this mean to you? It's like that, that question is kind of like an eisegesis question. And that's not how we're supposed to approach the God, God's word. Okay, We're I supposed learned. to approach it from like an, an I think it's exegesis. I thought, hopefully you guys know which words I'm trying to say exegesis standpoint, which is, this is what God intended for it. This is actually what the Bible, what it means in context as it flows, not. And if it doesn't apply to your specific scenario, well, don't twist it and try to make it apply to your specific scenario because it has a definitive meaning, you know, in its original context and purpose and it's God's meaning and his purpose for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm learning something new. That was a great explanation. I might be way off on that altogether, but I think those are the two words and I want to grow I think we're all prone to approaching God's words from that eisegesis standpoint of how does this apply to me? You know, how, like, what does this mean to me? Mm-hmm. There's so much that, that it is going to apply to you, but you, we should approach God's word by just, what does it say? 
what does it say to be true? Because we know that God's word is true all of the time. And as we discover what it means and what it says, then over time, sure, it'll apply to your life and you're able to see how, what it, you know, means to you. Anyways, these verses, husbands is so directed towards a man, towards a husband. So read that and take that to heart. You know, it doesn't say husbands teach your wives how to submit or doesn't say husbands hold your wives accountable in their submission. It says no husbands love your wives and that's motivating to me. And and that's going to look different to a lot of men, but I think there are some commonalities, you know, and which the Bible teaches us for, you know, teaches us towards. Absolutely. So kind of like just in summary, a husband is called to be a leader. It's a position of responsibility. Uh, a servant leader. There's mm-hmm. a lot of verses in the Bible as Christ is the husband's example. Christ, you know, washed his disciples feet. He was always in that service position and a provision standpoint. Elisha uses this verse all the time. Which one do you think it is? I don't know. First Timothy five, eight. Is that where it says he that provideth not for his own <laughs> yeah. is worse than an infidel? Yeah, so they're supposed to have that responsibility for their family's uh, physical needs. But diving into the wife and her role, because that's what this podcast is all about. We, we've talked a little bit about submission. Submitting to Elisha's leadership is not a difficult thing for me to do for the, like the vast majority of the time, because I do feel like he does embody just like Christ's love of the church for me. Um, we aren't going to dive into submission right now because we did a whole podcast episode on that. It's episode 29. So if you guys want to hear kind of us break that down and the joy that is in submission, then you can go check that out. Also loving my husband. I'm called to love my husband as a wife. Titus two, four touches on that. But what I really like loving Elisha is so easy too. So <laughs> that's not where I want to major on. The two things I really want to talk about today are where I am called to be my husband's helper in Genesis 2.18. A wife is called to be a helpmeet to mm. her husband. And that was something that was not happening in our personal marriage. You're looking at me a little funny. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious as to why you think that was the case. <laughs> okay. Well, I think all these examples will make a lot of sense in a second. <laughs> and then respect. I'm called to respect my husband. Ephesians 5.33 touches on reverencing our husbands. And just that term reverence, there's a lot of things that can go into that. I think respect can be kind of ambiguous for me, sometimes it's, it's hard to see how that plays out. I've touched on this before where I will say something and Elisha will be like, I felt disrespected. And I'm like, what? You know, I think of Hmm. even the other day when you were putting your coffee in the microwave at like one in the afternoon or noon, or I don't know, sometime when I thought, okay, this is pretty late to be drinking coffee. And I was like, are you really heating up coffee right now? And I feel like questioning you is one is a big way that I disrespect you (laughs) or that you've been like just don't question me on these like little things you know Uh, well I didn't say that and I don't I want you to be able to question at the time (laughs) but it came up later I mean that sounds so petty like if you've got a concern I want you to be able to come to me if you're like hey you know I want to make sure we get good sleep tonight or whatever I mean I don't know what your concern was in that situation so open to any time I come to him and that's actually kind of part of what got us into this 
predicament, I think, is him being easygoing and gracious and forgiving over and over and over and over with a lot bigger issues than coffee. Um, and then, and then it's like, oh, well, I've, you know, I, Katie, <laughs> have been in the wrong for a really long time. And Elisha's just been really gracious about it. The coffee is obviously just like a benign example I wanted to bring up right now. But our husbands need us to believe in them. I was looking on family life today and Barbara Rainey was saying a few of the things that her husband Dennis said were important. Hmm. And I thought that Elisha's communicated some of these things to me before were self-confidence in his personhood as a man. Like our husbands need us to just, um, to believe in their manhood and to have confidence for them in their manhood to listen companionship and, um, men need to be needed as well. And I just thought, oh, that those are a lot of things that I have been falling short in communicating to you hmm. in, in certain areas. So how these verses apply to our family is what we're going to be talking about in the next part of this, this show. You might be doing exactly what we're doing and be doing great. So I want to tread very lightly going mm. into this conversation because each marriage relationship is so different. Only you know your heart in the relationship. You know what your husband needs, what your wife needs. And these different things might look a little bit different mm. on, on each marriage. So I'm not going to say, you know, working outside the home is wrong or working inside the home is wrong or, mm. you know, these specific things. However, I'm going to charge ahead for the rest of this episode, just not really um being that cautious like here's your disclaimer okay i'm talking about our specific relationship so don't take it personal if you're in the exact same situation and you're like there's nothing wrong with our relationship yeah i think that that is a that's a good disclaimer because the way that this is going to practically play out is going to look different in every marriage the way living according to the biblical roles will look different in each person's home and marriage uh that said practical things do add up. And I think that I kept telling myself, oh, these are just practical things. These are just details. I'm still the leader of our home. I'm still the head of our home. But deep down, I wasn't being honest with how I felt or what my desires were. And I was growing resentment, which was so unfair towards you and towards our family. And I think that the best, you know, I think just being honest with your spouse and with yourself, not letting culture tell you that, Hey, th this is, this actually totally makes sense. Cause I think that's kind of where I was a little bit. Yeah. I was saying like, okay, this isn't how I pictured my role being carried out in, you know, if, according to God's word and, and how it would be carried out in, in my home, but I don't see anything wrong with it. So I guess I can go along with this. And we also saw marriages that we respect that do have a similar dynamic um, dynamic and, that yeah. we've had in our marriage. And so we kind of look to them and are like, there's really nothing wrong with this. I don't know why we feel the way that we feel, you know, um, but there was something wrong with it right. for us. And our roles were definitely out of balance because for our family, I was not in a position of helper to Elisha. He was in a position of helping me out a lot. Hmm. And it's not that our husbands aren't supposed to serve us and help us, but the ways that it was happening was wrong. Yeah. I mean, again, this might sound just like very practical and, but that's the way I'm viewing this now is that like Katie was driving the, the steering the ship. She was driving the car. She was pushing everything forward. And so me 
like I'll, I'll start using practical scenarios and again disclaimer like none of these things are wrong like it's not wrong for a man to help out with the dishes or to prepare a meal or to change the kids diapers or to you know take take care of the kids those are all great things i want to be able to do all of those things my my whole life but i was doing them in reaction to katie leading out in our home mm-hmm. and so then these things we they were we were falling behind in these things and I was kind of getting us caught up in those areas. I was filling in the gaps in those things versus me leading the family and saying, oh, yeah, and I'm going to come alongside you and help with the dishes. And, you know, I'll take take the kids here because this is according to the plan that we're pushing forward here. It was all very reactionary to what you were pushing forward. Yeah, I was not letting Elisha lead our family financially. So you guys know that we're we we both work from home kind of it's been this big mush pot and I want to kind of go into our story of how we got here a little bit for people when I say that whole financially thing Elisha was providing financially but when it came to the decisions that were being made or maybe like how they were made would you yeah, say it's, it's I, almost I just, like you were the CEO and I was yeah. like the manager you yeah know? it's exactly. like I did the daily grind kind of put all the pieces together every day but at the beginning of the week or throughout the week, you would kind of set the the timelines, the benchmarks, the goals, and like employ me to do them. Yeah, this was kind of going into our default natures. Hmm. This was not intentional, Mm-mm. but that's the point. We weren't intentional. And so right. we just sl- slipped into what we were doing by default, which is not healthy for our marriage by default. And I was jumping. I am naturally a lot uh, quicker to just like, jump on things and drive them forward. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I wasn't giving Elisha space to breathe or space to lead. I think this is a common trait that I actually see in a lot of women, but it was all in the name of help. Hmm. I'm going to help Elisha by doing this task project, or I'm going to help Elisha by figuring this out for our business. And as a result, I was always in the know and then delegating things to him. Hmm. And he was like this high paid employee, even though he wasn't, we we're like, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. That's how it felt. That's how our dynamic has felt. Yes. Yeah. And I think that it's one of those things that's so funny looking in retrospect, because again, a lot of this is personality based, but we have to fight against our personalities all the time. We know this, we have to fight against some of our tendencies when it comes to parenting, marriage, our health. There's a bunch of personality traits that we have that just because they're a part of our natural inclinations doesn't mean you just give into them and start walking along with them. But I think we had kind of done that in this area and that, oh, I'm naturally more laid back or I'm more naturally more analytical. So when we think something needs to be done, I'm going to think about it, read about it, contemplate over it, and then eventually make a decision. Whereas Katie is a lot more ready, fire, aim. Like, well, if we need to do it, then I'm going to charge it. And if it's, if I do it wrong or if we, if it's a mess, then at least we're moving forward and we're picking up the pieces with it, which it gets stuff done. Like both, it really gets stuff done. But the problem is, is that she was always out there making the decisions while I was contemplating the decision. And I didn't have maybe the backbone or the confidence to say, hold your horses. Like I am going to make that decision. I am going to make that phone call. I am going to book that up, that appointment. I'm going to launch that new course you know, whatever the things were, uh, I'm getting around to it in my time. And Katie could encourage me. I don't know what it is to move more punctually to move a little quicker, or I would be forced into moving quicker too. If you really stepped back, I think as well. Yeah. I mean, when you're ready, 
shoot aiming is that what you said i did uh, ready fire you, aim you, yeah. you definitely don't hit the mark so <laughs> i wasn't in our relationship so basically just a little backstory to how we got here is elisha and i knew that we wanted to be full-time entrepreneurs yes because we wanted to have time freedom and money freedom and location freedom yep all those things are really important to us we knew that long term i wanted to be a stay-at-home mother and I wanted to homeschool our children, which we knew was very time intensive. Yeah, these those desires were established early in our dating. And so it's not like Katie and I got married and we and then our, our ideals changed or one one part of the marriage, one 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 of the spouses ideals changed and it takes somebody else a little bit it took the other one a little bit longer time to get on board. Because I feel like that happens a lot too, and you have to make that transition over time and to kind of work with each other. But Katie and I were like minded with this ideal going into marriage. Yeah, so right off the bat, we had the same ideals with what we wanted. And Elisha was working to provide for our family. He needed to put food on the table. You guys know we had our kids very quickly, so there was like a new mouth to feed every year. And expenses were just going up at the rate that he was, his income was going up. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, up to me to drive the side hustle yes. at the time. And so Elisha would come home and we'd record, you know, Votebrook Music Academy videos in the evening. We'd do things for a lot of the businesses we work on today, actually. We would do kind of in the nooks and crannies when he was home, we'd do that stuff together. Yeah, because I was working a full-time job throughout yes. the first four and a half years of our marriage. So he was working full time and sometimes it was shift work. Sometimes it was like your schedule was all over the map. So right. sometimes we would have mornings together. Sometimes we would have evenings. Yep. Um, sometimes it was midweek. And I naturally knew more what was going on in the businesses because I was, that was what I was invested in all day where, and then I was pulling him in as he was available. And so that's kind of how it went for Three and a half years, yeah. really, till this last Four year. Four years, yeah. And this last year, our businesses were at a place with Elisha doing the part-time hustle thing in our businesses and me kind of doing the kids and businesses <laughs> hustle that we were able to go full-time, move to where we wanted to move, buy a home, and kind of live the dream to a certain extent. And yeah. that's partially why we found ourselves in this position going like, well, why don't we feel like we're living the dream? Right. Yeah. On paper, we had built our businesses in reality. Yeah. We had built our businesses to a point that we had, you know, st we had aspired to a few years back and we were living where we wanted to be living. And like Katie said, we hit all these benchmarks, but we, there was a lot of, um, dis not, I don't want, we've been loving our life too. Like, well, I don't want to. That's the ironic thing. Like we're still like best friends and yeah. lovers and like enjoying our kids the Yes. So, yes. There was just, there was an aspect to the businesses that was in the moment a little bit rough, but more importantly, we knew going forward, something needed to change as the kids were growing up, you wanted to start homeschooling them, you know, as, as we're, our businesses are growing, we wanted, I wanted to be able to manage it more and more. And so in the moment, yes, there was some, some strife, a little bit, a little bit of strife and some trials, but it was more of like looking to the future and, and wondering how, when is this going to change? Yeah, I think November 2020, like November, December is where we really started feeling like our lives are getting way more complex. We're about to have a baby. My pregnancy started getting more complex and 
we didn't really know what to do moving forward. Yeah. So that was where the struggle started happening is we're like, we love what we're doing. We love what we get to do. Why does this feel so off? And then Lawrence was born. Mm -hmm. We now have a new baby that's taking a ton from me. And I'm like in massive overwhelm. But when I get into massive overwhelm, one of the only things I know how, or my default mode when I'm not thinking clearly is just do more. Because hmm. if you do more, then the overwhelm goes away, right? You got to get through it faster or... Yes. yes. And as a result, I'm still in this position of knowing more the ins and outs of the business, being mm -hmm. more in the know, just because that's been our default for the last four and a half years. So we hired two incredible women to help us out. And then all of a sudden, they're supposed to take stuff off my plate, right? But default mode is I just go into managing them and Elisha. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was like basically Katie had three employees, me <laughs> yeah. and these other two gals. And so embarrassing. Again, addressing it is one thing, acknowledging it is one thing, um, but we're we're really excited to grow through through this, and uh, and we're very optimistic about it too, because like Katie said, we've picked up habits and patterns over the last four and a half, almost five years, of doing what were side businesses because I was working a full-time job, but are now full-time businesses. And Katie's just heavily involved in all of these. And so we cut this week, I mean, starting today, it's Monday right now. And we just did a hard stop on all of Katie's, I guess, what you had been doing. And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, stuff might be out of whack, you know, if your, your products might be coming later than usual, because basically it's all falling on my shoulders, which is what we needed. That's the way we needed to address it. Yeah, I think how the Lord was so gracious is me getting completely sick because we had this pastor share a sermon on Sunday talking about idolatry. And I was like, I really feel like I've built up work as this idol in my life. I really feel like I need to let go of this, but I don't know how. I feel like I'm so integral to the business. Right. And then I get sick, like flat on my back. Turns out the Lord is giving me an opportunity, I feel like to realize I'm not actually necessary to so many aspects of our business. And in a way I just got fired. Like that was our cold Turkey, like, mm. okay, Elisha's running this. I'm not actually necessary. And I'm needed for our kids and family, which is where I really want to put my time and energy, mm. not just with my words, but with my actions. It's crazy. Cause I had a ton of fear of something cause I was well aware of this being the case that Katie, you know, her, she was heavily involved in all these different aspects of our business. And it scared me because of some lies I had told myself, I think, and started believing over the last few years that, well, Katie can't stop doing that because Katie's much better at sales. I'm, I'm bad at sales or Katie's way better at follow-up. I'm bad at follow-up or Katie's way more organized and I'm not. And so I would constantly de default to okay, I'm going to take the kiddos so that you can make that call, that sales call, or I'm going to take the kiddos so that you can create that new graphic for the new course that we're launching. And I would constantly defer to you out of insecurity in my own abilities. And again, which was totally cower cowardly and it was very passive. And I was really feeding that, that I guess that natural inclination of you to just work, work, work. And I was feeding my insecurity and continuing to repeat that lie of like, yeah, I'm not very good at this part of the business. Katie's way better at that part of the business. I'm going to let her do it. 
And so it was the same thing for me. It was ripping off the bandaid to have you down for a full week and just to be like, okay, well, I don't care if I'm bad at this or if Katie's much better than, than me at this, I have to do this. And, and we survived, you know, we got through and that was actually really good for my confidence in the long run. And it's going to be really good for our family moving forward. Well, I, it's like so sad for me to hear you say that. Cause I know it's true that you've struggled with insecurity in this, these areas. And this is where I haven't breathed that confidence in you by just not doing something, hmm. you know, in, in the name of help me always taking instead of being like, well, you know what? Why don't you I'll take the kids actually? Why right. don't you do that? Right. I got the kids, you know, it was, I let that happen hmm. by not, because you're, you're more capable than I am in all these areas. Like I feel like speaking in sales in organization, like I think you have a higher follow through than I do in so many of these areas. I think that you are just as capable or more capable. It just, it just was weird. Right. The way that we found ourselves in these ruts. Yes. And these, yeah, we this didn't pattern. like it. Right. But it was just so, it was so hard. Right. Yeah. It is funny looking back and I'm sure we'll experience some of these similar feelings that we've felt and find ourselves once again, getting into a negative pat negative pattern that we have to get ourselves out of. Um, but I think the, that, that, that dynamic, as we already, you know, had that disclaimer, that might not be the case for different marriages, meaning, sorry, if you have that dynamic, it might not have the effect in your marriage that it had in our marriage, that negative effect. I think that mm -hmm. in our marriage, and that's the beauty of growing with one another is I, I had to learn what Katie actually wanted deep down and Katie's had to learn what I actually wanted deep down. Yes. Not just on what we were doing in the moment or what our natural inclination was. Deep down, I had to be confident that Katie was true to what she said when she said, I want to be a mom and a wife all the time. Like that was the deep desire of your heart. And you had to be confident that Elisha wants to lead our businesses and be in charge of 100% in charge of our finances and providing. That's my desire deep down. But both of us were scared to really commit to those things. We are, we are scared. We kind of like had this grip on them. Yeah. And I think it caused both of us to resent each other mm -hmm. because I hated as much as I was doing it to myself. I hated being in this position where I missed my kids mm. and I felt like a terrible wife all the time because we're getting food again that I have not made, you mm. know, and I see Elisha getting tired with the kids and I'm like, I should be with the kids right now. I need to be doing this, you know, so I mm. thought, and it was just a really unhealthy place for us to be, but I think we both really felt trapped. Mm. And so I'm just so thankful for the Lord, like breaking that free. Yeah. Yeah. It so was. we can have those hard conversations of like, right. this is what I really want. You know, you're taking this from me and I'd be like, this is what I really want, you know? Right. <laughs> and we were really just taking, yeah, it was weird how was. we were acting and what we said was so different. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Oh boy. Folks, I do want you to know too, that we're happy. Oh, and we've we're been so, happy this whole time. There have been like, wouldn't you say like overall? I think that we, the Lord really blessed us because it's been really a joyful season since moving here, since working these businesses, we've experienced a ton of victories and our marriage has been really fun. Mm -hmm. I think that what the Lord protected us from was potential deep resentment and yeah. dysfunction in the future. 
um, there was an element of dysfunction in the moment too. Yeah. Where we're like, okay, that's not, yeah. this, this isn't right. I don't feel right about this. It's, this isn't healthy for our home. So I'm not saying that it wasn't dysfunctional in the moment, but looking at the trajectory on where we were heading, I'm like, boy, I, there was, I was just going to become more and more passive and insecure and in, in time build up resentment, I think because of, mm-hmm. you know, what I knew my ideals and goals actually were. And I was kind of lying to myself to get through the next week and then the next week. Um, and I think you'd have done the same. You had this desire to be a mother and to not feel the financial burden that you were feeling every week. And I think you would have built up, you know, resentment and, and it bitterness potentially. So I feel like we are protected from those deep hurts and some of that deep and real dysfunction. Um, but it was, but it was also real in the moment too. Yeah. I think this cycle can be broken by either spouse. One, the husband just being like, no, I am going to do this. This needs to happen, which is a pretty hard position to be in because the person you're fighting for freedom from is your wife. I'm sorry about that. I dropped your phone. Oh, okay. You know, that won't be the first time that happened, but, uh, it also won't be the first time I've lost my train of thought, that was my fault. Oh, but I feel like a wife can also break this cycle by just not doing stuff by not assuming responsibility. Hmm. Our husbands are supposed to be assuming responsibility, but if we're assuming responsibility faster than they can get there, right. then how are they supposed to do it? Yes. You know, it's yes. like, because I, I think you're so right, Katie, there is definitely an element of laziness and passivity. Like I said, in my, in my character and in, in how I was approaching things and my kind of easygoing nature. Uh, I also, there were times where I know I wasn't really feeling lazy. I wasn't feeling like I was lacking drive and ambition, but you were still out in front doing things. And so sometimes I think that could be really confusing which one it is, you know, from your, from your standpoint, I don't blame you at all for not knowing what to do. Cause like, okay, is he being lazy and I just need to take care of this or is he getting ready to take care of it, but he just hasn't done it yet. And so you just kick into go all the time. Yeah. Something we've done that. I think is going to help us in the future that we've kind of done cold turkey on is Elisha like not copying me in any emails and like doing stuff where I'm purposely left in the dark because then I feel less of like this urge to manage the situation because I don't even know what the situation is. So I'm pouring all my creativity and my need to, you know, drive something forward in our home now as it comes to food preparation as it comes to keeping the kids engaged and schooling them I'm transitioning into that role and Elisha has done I mean he's so abundantly capable I know that that's why I married him I trusted my financial future to him years ago and I am so grateful I I just feel so free like Hmm. I feel so free that he is handling all the stuff and if he needs me, he'll be like, hey, Katie, I need you to do this for me. I could do it and then just go along my hmm. way. It's been about, what, a week? Yeah, and I've loved the feeling of the pressure, of the responsibility, of knowing that if I don't push our businesses forward, then nobody will. That I like that feeling. And um, I'll, I'll sign off. You can say, say something after this. But I'm going to sign off by quoting our good friend from Morgan, Simon... Um, Villeneuve. Men, get ready for this. This is good. <laughs> you guys have heard this so many times. Yeah. Men are like semi-trucks. They drive better with a heavy load. 
There you go. There you go. And I know that's certainly true for me. And I've felt that the last week when I start, when I felt the pressure again of a hundred percent of the financial situation, I just lived, I just did better. I mean, from this, like the little things of eating better, of getting to bed on a better, you know, on a, in a better time, working out when I had time to work out. It's like when yeah, I knew it up. fell on me, I was like, well, I've just got to make this happen. And when there was this question of like, well, Katie's probably going to take care of that or Katie could take care of that. Um, then I really just became lackadaisical and lazy in, in like every aspect of my life. Yeah, which is, I don't know, it seems like so obvious as we're saying this out loud, but it doesn't seem obvious when you're in it. Hmm. At least it didn't for us. And I think, I don't know, I think I was happy to be kind of like 50-50 in the business side of things Hmm. for a while. I thought, this is great, you know, Elisha quit his job, is 50-50 doing this now, where for a long time I felt like most of it was kind of you know, my responsibility. Right. But so it did feel like improvement. Yeah. So yeah. it felt like, Oh, we've made this big progress, but then yeah, when everything was everyone's responsibility yeah. and I could do it or he could do it, then I was going to be quicker to do it. And he was going to be quicker to take the kids. Yes. And then we were going to both be unhappy with the situation. So you're grateful to be where we're at. Yeah. And all my uh, cold sores are a two week aftermath reminder that we don't want to go back to how we were. That's right. Leon's up. Leon's up. Speaking of the kiddos, here you are. Naps are just, you want to say hi in the video, Leon? Say hi. Here, you want to say hi in the camera? I mean, in the microphone to our our listeners on iTunes? Hi. Hi. (laughs) Uh, So with that, we'll sign off. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.